This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined with Can You Smell What the Brock is Cooking? Brock Davis. Brock, how you doing? What's up? Sorry, I had Here to you give go. you I had to give you that, you know, big good intro. You haven't been on in a couple episodes. So I gotta bring you back in strong. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, guys, I just want to say to everybody listening out there, thank you so, so, so much for listening to this podcast and supporting everything we do and listening, because without your guys' ears, we don't really, we're not going to do what we can do. So, thank you guys so much for listening and contributing to all of our polls and all that stuff, because like I said, without all that, you know, we we are nothing here at Talking Halos. So, thank you so much for that. If you like what we're doing here at Talking Halos with this podcast, please, please, please tell a friend. And, you know, that's how we spread by word of mouth. Also, subscribe to us anywhere that our podcast is available. And also give us a review if you can, too. If you have any questions, topic ideas, or just want to join us for our Talking Fans segment, yes, we are doing that still. If you listen to our previous couple episodes, there's been Talking Fans, and there will be one probably on... Maybe the next episode, maybe on our Friday episode, we'll have to wait and see. But yes, if you want to come on to Talking Fans, we're not going to be doing that too much longer, probably until spring training. So give, shoot me a message at Jared underscore Tim's on Twitter, Brock a message at BDROX, and you can always message us on any social media site that you follow us on, or email us at TalkingHalos at gmail.com. And speaking of those social media sites, if you do not follow us, please go on and shoot us a follow. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, especially Instagram, because we are doing so much on there. Polls, posting previews to what we're doing, asking you guys huge questions, Q&As. You know, we're just having so much fun on Instagram, mainly Brock, because he's doing an excellent job on there. So, Please go follow us everywhere. And guys, give us one second to pay the bills. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of this program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course 
full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. And now, back to Talking Halos. All right, guys, enough with all the introductions. Let's talk a little bit of baseball, and I know that me and Nate already went over it, but Brock didn't get, you know, really any say in it, and I think maybe my opinion could have changed on the trade as well. So, guys, let's talk a little bit of Dexter Fowler news now that it, you know, has kind of sunk in, and he is officially, officially an angel. Brock, how do you feel about this trade? Uh, Personally, at first, when I saw the news, I was a little... I'm dumbfounded. I don't think that's necessarily the right word, but I was a little hesitant about it just due to the fact that I knew he was due a lot more money than I would have been willing to pay. But when I saw that we're only going to be paying potentially like one to two million of that deal, then it made me a little happier about it. It made me think, okay, you know, we're reinforcing that that corner spot. It's going to be a holdover spot until we decide to bring Adele up. And, you know, it's I personally like Dexter Fowler. It seems like a majority of the moves we've made so far have kind of seemed to be there's kind of a trend going on. So we got X Rays and we have X Cubs, and so it seems like it's kind of been a, a trend. And I don't think that's necessarily that bad of an idea with the way that Madden likes to run his team in the clubhouse. I think it could make us uh, pretty close in the clubhouse, which hopefully will translate onto the field. But Dexter Fowler himself, I, I think, with the amount of money we're going to be paying him, I I, I like it. Yeah, I do too. And I said anything, anybody that you can get for $1.75 million, no matter you know really what the age is, is going to be, I'd say, a decently good deal. Even if he does hit below 250, plays average defense, you know, you weren't spending all that money on much money on him. And again, he could definitely just be a placeholder until Adele and Marsh come up. So yeah, you bring up a lot of very good points. And you know, it wouldn't, again, surprise me if he made the team out of spring training but really didn't play that many games. And I know we talked about his splits on the, the previous podcast, the righty-lefty splits, and it makes a lot of sense that he plays against righties, but at the same time, it's 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 going to be tough for him to get, get a lot of time. It really will be, especially with Marsh and Adele lurking down in the minors and probably going to be pretty dang close to being ready, depending on how they do this spring training. So, yeah, you know, if you don't have anything else on the Dexter Fowler trade, we can kind of get into what podcast I we really wanted it to be about. And if you guys remember, I did a podcast uh, in probably earlier last week. I think I posted it on Monday before all the crazy news started coming out about Mickey Calloway. And, yeah, it, it was a kind of just an introduction to myself because – I've been on this podcast now for almost, about a year and a half, almost two years, and you know I never really got to introduce myself and the background of me, how I got to where I am, what I want to do in the future. So we wanted to do this with Brock because Brock liked it, and we had a lot of fans message me and say that they really liked it. So I figured the next person to step in would be Brock Davis here. So 
Brock, give us a little introduction about yourself, you know, where are you from, how you became an Angels fan, and kind of what are you doing right now? Well, you guys already know my name. <laughs> I'm 23, I'm turning 24 here in a couple months, and I live in SoCal just like Jared does, but I kind of live in the more rural area of SoCal over in what they call the high desert. And you guys have heard in other podcasts that I'm a paramedic, worked in EMS for close to five and a half years now. And so that's kind of, uh, I won't get too into that because there's a question that we got that kind of ties into that. So I'll kind of leave that for a little bit later. But right now I'm kind of just working full time, trying to do this as much as I can. Um, helping out of a college program with the paramedic program. And as far as when I became an Angels fan, I, I can remember as early back as the 2002 World Series, which I was only five when the Angels were there. But I do remember my dad watching it, and I think pretty much from that point forward, I was able to kind of recognize what was on the TV, who was on the TV, and started to kind of build my passion around baseball with that and seven years old talking to grown adults and state of brothers about <laughs> trades and free agent signings and who played well in the night or the game the night before and things like that. So, you know, I've been a life lifetime Angels fan and baseball fan in general. I think my baseball knowledge translates well out of Angels baseball too. Just so happens I, you know, ended up on a pretty much premium Angels podcast not necessarily a baseball podcast, so we stick pretty pretty heavily just to the Angels themselves. But, but you know, if, if a conversation were to come up about anything else, any other team and whatnot, I would I would be able to talk to you about that as well. And, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been – I've played baseball for close to 18, 19 years approximately. I never played college ball. Uh, I went straight into the workforce. I didn't go to college, and that's kind of why that translated the way that it did. I would have loved to play some college ball. I think I would have been capable of playing some college ball. I just uh, decided to go to the workforce instead and ended up going into EMS immediately after high school and have been doing it since. But I'm kind of looking into kind of doing what Jared does, which is, you know, coaching on a college team or even maybe starting with with my old high school team and kind of working my way up to college in the future. And, yeah, that's kind of all about me. A couple things on, on top of that would be, first off, you know, EMS, during this time that we're in right now, thank you for that. And, guys, go thank Brock. Shoot him a million thanks because it's not an easy job that he has going on right now, and especially with how young he is because he's even younger than I am. And, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm 26 right now. So that is a huge, huge, huge thing. And, Brock, I don't think I thank you enough for it. Thank you for doing that. You know, that, that, is, that is absolutely unbelievable what you do. And, again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, another thing, again, I'm just learning here too, is, you know, I didn't know you played all the way up. I should have probably just assumed this, but I didn't know you played all the way up till, till high school. What position did you play and, you know, what's the batting average? What's the stat line look like? Uh, yeah, man. I, <laughs> growing up, I pretty much, I played everywhere, at least all the way up until like middle school, high school. I didn't really have designated positions. I can remember like as far as Little League and then when I transitioned to Pony League and Travel Ball, I was... You know, I remember a season as a catcher, first baseman, all the middle infield spots. I played outfield a little bit. I, I personally hated the outfield, so I tried to avoid the outfield like the plague. I couldn't ever master the whole running with, uh, <laughs> you know, running on your toes and the balls bouncing everywhere. I could never master that. Uh, but I, I love the infield. I was a really good infielder. I was scrappy. And, 
So I think I would say we'll go back to like seventh and eighth grade. I was either playing second base or right field. Um, and then once I hit high school, it was pretty much third base, shortstop, or pitcher. It's pretty much like the three that um, I specifically played. And I remember uh, I had like my Nolan Arenado moment one year when I was – we played a – it was like the whole entire conference like area up here for like an all-star game. And we played it at the single A affiliate of who I think it was the Mariners at the time. It was – Maverick Stadium in Atlanta, and we played a, the All-Star game there. And funny story behind this is we had, like, a baseball team party the night before this All-Star game. And, you know, we're just a bunch of stupid teenage kids, and we're like, hey, we should have, like, wrestling matches. So we're all, like, trying to, you know, fight each other and see who wins. So me being who I am, I decided to try to take on our the biggest dude on our team, which was our first baseman named Jake. And uh, I 100% tore my calf. Like, no doubt about it. I literally felt it tear. I couldn't walk. Like, it was it was horrible. Then the next morning we get to the to the Maverick Stadium, and I'm supposed to be starting at uh, I'm supposed to be starting in left field. And I was pretty stoked that I was starting in general because there was a lot of competition on this team. So I honestly wasn't even sure whether I was going to start that day. And uh, my coach comes up to me, and he's like, hey, well, she was the coach of a different high school team that we played during the regular season, but he's like, hey, I need you in left today. And I'm like, yeah, to be honest, coach, I tore my calf last night. I need to play third. And I was like, I can't run. I can't do any of that. Like, it's going to be tough even running the first base on a hit, but I, I refuse to not play today. So put me at third. I can I can play third for sure, and uh, just let me run with it. He's like, all right, for sure. So he puts me at third, swaps me with the guy that was at third, puts him in left. And literally the first uh, hitter of the game was a guy who ended up getting drafted by the Giants, and uh, everybody was knew he was going to smack a solid solid hit, and he hits it directly down the third base line. And I was kind of playing closer to short so I could close that gap so I wouldn't have to run so much. And I end up having a dive to, towards uh, third, and I'm like all the way across the diamond, and this guy's got pretty elite speed. And I freaking, when I jump up for my dive, I feel my calf just tearing. And I just have to throw it all the way across the diamond and somehow still got him out. Literally the next play was a diving play into the third base shortstop hole, which I also made. And I remember going back into the dugout and I felt like my leg was going to fall off. And he put me third in the lineup. And I hit, a, of course, I hit a, a hard ground ball up the middle. And the guy made a diving uh, play at, at shortstop. So I actually had to hustle. And, dude, my leg was in so much pain and I ended up going to the doctor the next day and he was like, yeah, your, your calf is definitely torn and it looks like you probably made it worse yesterday when you played. So that's, that's amazing. Uh, I- but as far as stats go, I mean, uh, senior year, I pretty much, it was literally shortstop pitcher. And I think, um, you know, we didn't really play in a competitive division. We weren't like D one high school or nothing like that. But, um, I think I was in the ballpark of like 370 to 400 batting average, um, I wasn't really a home run hitter, but um, I got a lot of doubles and I got on base a lot. I wasn't super fast. I was probably like 50 to 70 percent in that range in comparison to speed. And but my pitching, I think, is where I got fairly decent my senior year. I know I had, uh, I think I started, I think 10 games or so, and I had a sub three ERA, and I think I only walked like, 
I think I walked less than 10 people the whole the whole year. And I think my strikeout to walk ratio was like eight to one or something dumb like that. So, I, I mean, I was I was decent. I, I Like I said, I definitely think I could have played some college ball for sure. Um, but I just I kind of came to the conclusion. I, I remember me and my mom went toward Cal State Fullerton. And uh, I was definitely thinking about going there and trying to play ball there, but I just ended up deciding to go to the workforce instead. Hey, well, I mean, that's that's awesome. Again, things that I didn't even know. And do you know the name of the um, the pro that you threw out at first base? You have to know the name. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's still playing in minor leagues, but it was uh, Solomon Bates. Oh, okay, yeah. I've seen him down uh, in Cal League. Yep, I know that yeah. name. Wow. Yeah, so I played with a lot of – there's a lot of guys that, uh, that ended up coming from uh, my area that I played with all the time that ended up either getting drafted or playing. There was Miles Sandum who got like a fast signing signing bonus from the Yankees, and then they ended up not even drafting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, one who I think probably has the most promise that I remember playing with all the time is Reggie Lawson. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, he plays – he's an affiliate with the Padres, and I think he's in AAA right now. Yep. Um, there's RJ Peace, who got drafted by the Marlins, who I think, I don't know what he's up to now, but I know he was playing uh, in the PCL uh, with with the Marlins Association. And then uh, who else? There was Solomon Bates. There was Reggie Bates, RJ Peace, Miles Sandum. I think that's all I can remember off the top of my head. But that was always the most frustrating part for me is it's like those are guys that I played with all the time, whether it be travel ball, pony league, whatever and guys that I could significantly, like, compete with, you know, either strike out or get hits off of, but yet they got drafted. I'm like, damn, I should have should have at least tried. You know, if I could compete with these guys and they got drafted, then, you know, who knows where, where I could have gone. Yeah, I feel that exact same way when it comes to guys you know, that I play with around in lower SoCal instead of upper SoCal, if that makes sense, because you are from the desert. But, yeah, you know, it's it's crazy the amount of talent in Southern California itself. I mean, every single season we see guys, it's, I mean, first rounders, you know, all the way up to third rounder or 30th, 40th rounders going from high schools, from colleges to, you know, even going and signing with big names, you know, Vandy, Cal State Fullerton, Long Beach State, the Big West, you know, it, it not that Vandy's in the Big West, but there's been a couple guys that have come out of the SoCal that have gone to Vandy, and that's the most that is the Alabama of of college baseball. So it's 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 really impressive. It's very impressive to see that, and you know, it's good that you were able to do all that stuff. You know, like I said, I didn't play high school baseball. I just jumped right into college baseball, and you know, it was a it was a little different. I always look back and wish I would have played high school because you know I I missed out on that. So yeah, and I'm. Extremely excited that you were able to do all that stuff. I'm kind of I'm very jealous actually as well because I love high um, high desert stadium, the Mavericks. That was actually the first place sidebar on this where Taylor Blake Ward worked, which is kind of interesting. Oh. So you may have oh, been you might have been there. Uh, it might actually it might have been a little bit too uh, late, but you you probably went to games out there when if you went to any games out there. Oh yeah, yeah. You probably went to games out there when he was the announcer because I think he was the announcer at one point. Yeah, because, I mean, that's all we ever had up here. We didn't mm-hmm. have, you know, unless we went to Angel Stadium or Dodger Stadium with that, you know, or Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. Like, those are the three closest stadiums that we ever had other than the High Desert Mavericks. And I don't know if you know this or not, but they don't even play nope. they don't even play 
uh, minor league ball any, there anymore. No, they don't. And it's, it's like a weird, like, soccer, like, I don't even know. I don't yeah. even know what it's used for anymore, to be honest. Yeah, and I actually just drove by there, and it's kind of funny because it's just in the middle of nowhere. It's just a random stadium yeah. in the middle of nowhere, and it's, it's, it's hilarious. Yep, yep. It's, it's, it's really it's funny. Really weird location. Yeah. So on to our next question here, and it definitely relates to, you know, what we kind of talked about. And I think I've, I answered this question before, but what is our end goal for this? And I'll let you answer it first, and I'll kind of dive into it because I think the end goal is kind of really the same. End goal for the podcast? Just end goal in general. Yeah, podcast or, you know, what you want to do in baseball if that gets to it or, you know, the next thing. Uh, I mean – I, I, I kind of came into this without necessarily really an end goal for the podcast. I just wanted to kind of come in and continue to do podcasts and hopefully gain listeners and have people enjoy listening and, and you know, have to get to a point where, which I feel like we've we've already kind of achieved the, the initial goal that I had, which was just have enough of a following that I felt like people would care if we stopped stopped podcasting. You know what I mean? And that's, that's kind of where I kind of wanted to get at was just have – people that listen that if we one day were like hey you know we just stopped showing up that people would would wonder you know people would want us back and I think that we've kind of already reached that point um but you know from this point forward it's just kind of you know I think we're all enjoying what we're doing and you know we've announced that we're supposed to be building a website soon so that will kind of lift off here hopefully within the next few months and uh other than that I mean just, you know, end goals close by, you know, I think, uh, I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm getting married next year, next May, uh, we're looking to buy a house around that time, um, you know, there's a lot of big things, my, my fiance just finished her nursing stuff, so she's going to be coming nurse here in the next couple months, and, uh, hopefully, you know, I'm actually supposed to be going on a, a ride-along here in, in a, in the near future on a, helicopter to see if my stomach can bear it but if my stomach can bear the helicopter then I want to try to become a flight paramedic here in the next few years and uh so that's kind of you know near future end goals is hopefully flight paramedic and our wedding's coming up buy a house hopefully uh the next year or so and then uh you know just live life I love that that's that's fantastic and again congratulations on going or getting married here pretty soon you know i know that's kind of late news but some people probably don't know that and yeah that's 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 yeah, a fantastic I mean, coming up here <laughs> like soon. a little over a year and we haven't we haven't done any planning yet because this last six months or so has been hectic so hectic yep. i made a i made a significant career change and she's been finishing nursing school and covid's been crazy and it's just like so much stuff going on recently that we're like when are we going to start planning our wedding? But I mean, we still got we still got a lot of time. So you do, but it's going to be around. It's going to be here before you know it. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, and I think I can just iterate it as well for me. I mean, a perfect end goal would be jumping on with a major league organization in any capacity. You know, whether it's selling hot dogs, bringing coffee to the manager, or you know, actually being able to make some decisions in the front office, or hell, even being a pitching coach because that's what I am right now. So, you know, taking that next step would be would be awesome, but I also realize that I am, in a sense, getting a little bit older, and I don't have the major league background to say, like, hey, does anybody have the ends here so I can maybe coach or become somebody in the front office? So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes, and I would be lying to you if I said I didn't have interviews 
with any teams because I have. I'm not going to tell you what teams I have, but I've had interviews with teams, and it's been a great experience. It's it's different to get to talk to those type of people about the position that you've applied for and hopefully to get a job. You know, it's a, it's a different world up there. So on to a little bit of a different question here. And actually, in fact, that first question came from Chu Ray. I think that's how you say it. I hope if I if I messed it up, message us and I'll I'll say it right on the next question. So <laughs> the or the next podcast that we talk about. Next question comes from Austin Duarte six. I might have coached this kid when he was in kindergarten. I don't know. I have to look at it because I did coach an Austin Duarte. And if you're listening to this, did you play on the T-ball Dodgers in Placentia with my little brother? Because I might have coached you. Um, he wants to know what our favorite fast food is. See, I I actually I feel like this is the one that I had to think about the most, <laughs> low key. Uh, so, technically, probably Raising Cane's, but I think that's kind of like an upper tier. Like, when I think fast food, I don't think Raising Cane's or, like, Chick-fil-A. Like, I don't think about those, or, like, In-N-Out even. Like, I don't, I don't really classify those as, like, in my head of fast food. Like, when I think, when the word fast food comes up in my head, I think, like, Del Taco, Carl's Jr., Panda Express, like kind of the lower tier fast food options. Well, Panda Express is kind of bougie too. No. <laughs> kind of. When you're talking I about, I that. mean, yeah, I, I get it. I do. So you can say, I'm, I, you know, the answer for that, um, the first answer you gave, Raising Cane's isn't a bad, isn't a bad answer. I think that's a good answer. So I'll give fast you, food. Raising Cane's is like my middle, like my top tier fast food pick. And then, like, if you were to give me, like, the lower tier options, I would say Jack in the Box. I I like that. You know, I sidebar here on this, and as we're just kind of talking, have you ever had the churros from Jack in the Box? I have. They're the fire. best churros on the planet. See, I'm a big Jack in the Box taco guy. That's not – I, like, I love them too. I feel I like pretty much the consensus is, is that someone finds them disgusting or someone loves them. And I'm I'm the guy that loves them. I yeah they're they're pretty good you know I'm not a huge fan of Jack in the Box but when I do go there you know I I, I have to get the churros the churros are the best thing and I I know they're unhealthy. You know that their tacos are vegetarian. I did know that actually I've heard that I heard that a while back and I was I was very impressed with it being vegetarian. Now because they're like they, soy or something. They can't be healthy for you, but I'm impressed that they're vegetarian. <laughs> No, they're greasy as all hell. Yeah, they are. So, uh, for me to answer that question, I'd say I love Chick Fil A. I really do. And side note on Chick Fil A as well, went into we had our whole team together, forty guys or so. Went into a Chick Fil A. I scanned my phone, first one to scan my phone, and I ended up getting a free like thirty five hundred points from Chick Fil A. And so I had probably twenty or so free chicken sandwiches, and I use that up to the fullest. It was fantastic. So Chick-fil-A, I love. And if we're looking, I guess, late night, super fast food, Taqueria de Honda. I know you probably won't know what that is, but it's the best Mexican food, I think, in Southern California. I really do. It It is fantastic. I mean, I've been to a couple other places, like, I'm really starting to go off on a, on a random tangent here. There's a place called El Toro Carnes. I'm not going to El Toro Meat Market. I'm not even going to try to say it in Spanish because that's going to make me look so bad. But it's in Santa Ana, and they may, it's a 45-minute line to get your fast food, to get your food. So it's not really fast, but it is yeah. like it is a really good meat shop, and it's fantastic in Santa Ana. And I, I don't know if anybody knows where that is 
and I need you to go help. Since you live in OC, I have a I have a couple spots in OC that I like that that I'm curious <laughs> if you know. And uh, so a couple of them are uh, Lee's sandwiches. Yep, there's a Lee's right up the street from our field. So that that place makes delicious breakfast croissant sandwiches. Oh, I didn't know and, that. And yeah, and okay, so this is actually so I worked in Garden Grove as an EMT for like close to two years, and. Um, they have a very uh, present Vietnamese community they in do. Garden Grove. And so one time, like without trying to sound like offensive or anything, I asked the lady that worked the – there was like a bakery or like a donut shop. And I said, hey, like I've noticed that like in Garden Grove there's like a ton of like little bakeries or like little donut shops or whatever. And I'm like, is there like a story behind that? Come to find out that she said – she told – she literally – walked out i thought she was gonna get mad at me like get offended by it but i I meant no offense by it like i was genuinely curious yeah so she walks out from behind the counter and we sit down in on this little table and she's like i have a story for you and i'm like okay so she starts (laughs) telling me that uh back in the vietnam war when uh, uh the vietnamese wanted to leave vietnam a lot of them went to paris to get away from vietnam and so when they went to paris there was a few jobs that a lot of the uh, the Vietnamese women got in Paris, and one of them was bakers. So then when they migrated over here to America after all that Vietnam War stuff ended, they just kept doing it. A lot of the things they kept doing was baking, which means that a lot of the Vietnamese bakeries that you can go into are very, very similar to Paris baking. I, did. I thought was pretty interesting. That's very impressive, actually. I didn't know that. I may end up starting a segment with history with Brock. <laughs> yeah, so if you <laughs> swing by Garden Grove and Westminster too, so that's yeah. another thing. Westminster and Garden Grove are two of the top three highest Vietnamese populated cities in America. Yep. And the only one that's more populated is San Jose, but the Garden Grove and Westminster combined are more Vietnamese populated than San Jose itself. Yeah. And they're literally directly right. next door to each other, mm-hmm. so they're practically one city. So if you ever go out, go over there, you need to try to find like just this little hole in the wall mom and pop bakery and go in there and get something, you know, a croissant or like a breakfast croissant sandwich. Like this specific place in Garden Grove that this lady told me all this stuff, their croissants were like eight inches long and the whole thing was filled with like two or three eggs, two or three sausage patties. Like, oh, my God. It, it was the flakiest, most buttery, delicious croissant I've ever had. You're making me hungry, and I'm going to have to go over and try Have it out. Just Brewster's? go find it. Brewster's, yes. Or what about, uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's on <laughs> Harbor Boulevard, and it's like uh, Joe's Italian Ice, I think is what it's called. Yes, I have. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, sees where it's at, bro. We don't, we don't have nothing up here. There's a lot of good food down here. I'll tell I'll tell you that. And I, I mean, I'm even getting kind of bored just driving down Tustin and trying to find food because, like last night, it was super. It was getting late as I got out of the stadium, and there's nothing open, nothing I could go to. And I was like, damn, I don't. I have no idea what I'm gonna what I'm gonna get. And yeah, I, I need to venture out a little bit, a little bit more to go to like Garden Grove and get that type of stuff. And yeah, I used, I used to work over there too, so I know all the all the fun. Little spots. So on I to. I can't remember what it's called, but there's there's some sort of churro place that you would love. Clearly, you you love churros, but there's a churro place on Westminster Boulevard. Maybe. Oh, it's called uh, Loop. Was it? You know. You're, you, yep, yep. Yep. Loop. 
yeah, that 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 got real big down here. They put one in by my house, and I never ended up going to it. And then it are, and it's already out of that place, and it's a fried chicken place now. Yeah, I know all the food places oh, no way. around my house. Yeah, I know every food place around my house because I eat way too much. So <laughs> I know we're trying to keep this short, so we'll get on to our next question here. Thank you for that question, Austin. We obviously we love food way too much and talk about it way too long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so on to our next question here from Sir Party Animal. Love it. Love the Instagram name. Any hobbies outside of baseball? I'll just say it now. For me, honestly, I don't know any hobbies outside of baseball. I do like to travel a little bit. You know, I like to go on drives up into the mountains, and I love to fish. Big fisherman here. But honestly, I'm 24-7 baseball. My job, I'm a coach. Um, I coach younger younger students of the game. I coach baseball. Um, I'm a college coach as well, getting my master's, getting um, a grad assistant. And then I do all this stuff with the Angels and Angels baseball. So, no, I, I really don't have any anything else outside of baseball besides fishing. That's kind of my relaxing thing. What about you, Brock? Man, I <laughs> on, I honestly kind of have a lot of hobbies. <laughs> well, you're putting um, me to shame now. I mountain bike. I like to fish too, but I haven't been in a long time, uh, mainly just because it's been freezing. Uh, but I, I disc golf. I normal golf. I do woodworking, which I don't know if this is really a hobby, but I mentioned earlier that I – I help kind of teach at the paramedic program at the at Victor Valley College, which is the college that I pretty much got all my uh, EMT, paramedic school, all that stuff through. And so I kind of help out there, which I guess, you know, it, it doesn't really help pay the bills. So I guess it, you kind of could call it a hobby because I really only do it a few times a month. Um, and other than that, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. A lot of hobbies. I like that. You know, I, again – I am so baseball forward that I just – I first off, don't have the time to go do anything. And then when I have the time, I just kind of like to relax and watch TV and just, you know, hang out with my friends and family. I guess that would say MLB the show, too. Like, throughout this year, I've been a top 500 player in the world, like, four times. That's impressive. I'm not a video game guy anymore all that much. I'll play a little bit here and there, but that is very impressive, you know. I used to bunt a lot on that. <laughs> You're one of those guys. Yeah, I, I would I would bunt a lot and then just pitch really well. Win one nothing every game. So next question from Jacob Petrope one. I hope I got that right too. Favorite MLB player growing up? Brock, what do you got? Oh, this is so hard. I would probably which is this is not gonna be the answer that a lot of people think I'm gonna answer, but I'm gonna probably say David Eckstein. That's a good one. Honestly, after what you told us about your playing career, that doesn't surprise me at all. Scrappy. Yeah, like he always, you know, he was always running out mm-hmm. to be first on the field, first back in the dugout, was very scrappy fielder, and uh, I think him and I kind of shared. I, I think I had a little more power than David Eckstein, you know, kind of presented with. I had a little bit more of that, but, and I, you know, I'm, I'm six foot, so, you know, I'm taller too, so we don't really share resemblance physically but as far as like personality goes like he was he was my favorite him or Darren Erstad are probably my favorite Angels players when I had first started kind of watching them and and start understanding different players and stuff like that they're probably my top two just because they both kind of shared that they would dive at any opportunity they could they would just sprint everywhere and, and give 100% and if you know they smashed their face in the grass and got a bloody nose they would just 
get blood all over their jersey and just continue to play like you know that that kind of just scrappy don't care out here to play baseball attitude was kind of how I like to roll so the, those were kind of the top two for me those are not bad players to mimic your game after that's for sure I mean I know growing up it was my dad would always say be like Eckstein be like Erstad you know go out there and yep. give your 100% so yeah I, I'm I'm 100% on board with those uh, pitching wise for me because I, I always I like to split it in half pitching wise Roger Clemens was the guy I, I love mimicking my game after Pit, uh, Roger Clemens or Pedro Martinez to be honest those were the two for me and then or Randy Johnson probably yeah Rand, I mean I was a righty so it was hard I tried always to pitch like Randy Johnson but I, I just couldn't I couldn't do it he threw too hard yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, Roger Clemens, Pedro Martinez, and then from a hitting side, Troy Gloss was always the guy. Just the swing looked so smooth and fluent. You know, it was just such a beautiful swing all the time from him. So, yeah, Gloss on gloss on that end. And then number-wise, because I, I would always pick my number after a player, Paul Correa, kind of random. I know, Anaheim Ducks. Paul who? Paul Correa, Anaheim Ducks. Wasn't a, wasn't, uh, I, I didn't do it from baseball. I picked number nine from hockey. It was weird. Bizarre, the most weird thing. I love Paul Correa. Not even a baseball player, but... <laughs> See, I didn't even think about that. I, I picked my number off of Tower Upton Jr. Oh, there you go. See? And so that's, he... That's good. I would say, you know what, dude? I'm going to take back my answer. Tower Upton Jr. was my favorite player growing up. There you go. It's but not, favorite, again. favorite Angels player was, was probably Eckstein or Erstad. But I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say Erstad was number eight, too. Uh, Erstad was 17, I believe. Oh, that's right. What number was Eckstein? 22? 22. 22. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think because I remember literally I have a lot of pins in my life. You know how you have to set up like security pins and stuff for websites or whatever. I always pick one that has a couple numbers of some famous players. And uh, Ripkins is always one of them. Yeah. And I, I think I don't think we can ever, you know, have an Angels podcast and not say that Mike Trout was as oh, yeah. obviously one of our favorites. I mean, even from where we are now. And the anal- like analyzing the game side of things, Mike Trout is unbelievable. You know, from a stat line, I mean, from a player line. He's my favorite player of all time for sure. But who, who is you know, it? He didn't really become a thing until I was a freshman year. Oh yeah, yeah, a little a little bit different. So yeah, I, I'm I'm glad we got those ones out of the way. And one last question, kind of not us related, but Angels related, and we have to answer an Angels related question for it to be an Angels podcast. Not really. I just kind of want it. Corey Estrella, who's asked a bunch of questions, asked us another question. I want to, I want to kind of answer it. Are the Angels going to sign a reliever? I need a yes or a no, and I want a player. We don't need to get crazy into it. Uh, I'm going to say no. No, not no to another reliever. You think they're basically all done right now? I think they're going to sign another starter, and they're going to put Cobb in the bullpen. Ooh, that's that's pretty interesting. That is that's interesting. I know we'll get to some of this stuff on our next podcast when. I believe we can have me, you, and Nate all conversing about these subjects because we have a lot to talk about. But I'll say yes, and I'm not going to have a name, but I'll say find somebody who was with either Joe Madden or Perry Manassian. That'll that'll be the reliever. I don't know who it'll be, but if you look at the last few moves that the Angels have made, minus Dexter Fowler, in a sense, uh... Actually, even Dexter Fowler. Fowler was with the oh, Cubs. Yeah, he was with the Cubs. So, yeah, look at the last few moves that the Angels have made, and it has been Joe Madden or Perry Manassian forward. You know, mainly Lord Joe Madden. Oriole. 
or an Oriole. But even Alex Cobb was with Joe Madden in the Rays. So yeah, yeah. So we don't even have to do any final thoughts here. That was our final thoughts question right there. So guys, thank you so so much for listening to this podcast. If you want to follow us, you can follow me at Jared underscore Tim's on Twitter. Brock, where can everybody find you? B-D-R-O-X-A. Yep, go follow Brock and thank him for his services that he has done over the past year, and not even over the past year, his whole paramedic tenure. He is is amazing for doing what he does. So go thank him, go follow him, and follow us on all social medias if you can, especially Instagram. And, of course, guys, thank you for listening, and have a great rest of your day. (laughs) 